Welcome, welcome, welcome back on the Vollmond Podcast. Today I invited an amazing space holder and friend, Melissa Meyer, whom you maybe also know as Wildly Devotional on Instagram. To me, Melissa is an opinion leader in the feminine movement and in her own words, she loves offering anything that brings women back into their queendom. Hmm. She has quite an interesting background, I have to say, as she really went through so many stages of life and one of them was when she was a dominatrix. So we dive into that phase of her life and she's sharing her learnings on relationship, connection, power play between the feminine and the masculine and so much more. And aside of talking about the change of embodied womanhood, about this queendom, we also talk about the role of the masculine and oof, yeah, so much more. We even dip a tiny bit into the time she went through a gender transitioning process. So there's lots to discover. I've been observing or gazing on Melissa for quite some time now. And I was so happy to connect with her because she's a reflector in human design, which is a very rare species. They only exist 1% on the planet right now. And it's always interesting to observe what they have to say because they are reflecting back on how our community is doing, how the society is and so on. So I really want to recommend this episode to you. And yeah, if you like it, please don't forget to subscribe and leave some love for me in the rating. Okay, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Yasmin Volmond. Wow, that was quick. <laughs> so good having you here, Melissa. So today, another episode on the Farman podcast. Uh, I invited my friend Melissa Maya. Maybe you know her from Instagram if you're following me. I think we have like many people uh, shared in the crowd. And yeah, Melissa has an interesting, uh, inspiring, exciting background, story and also offering. Mm. You're focusing on women mm -hmm. and you're focusing on so many levels. Uh, on women uh, specifically like I joined one of your classes which was a somatic sensual um, class which is very funny I really loved it also the way how you're holding space mm. but maybe you want to share a little bit what are you doing mm. what am I doing what is your offering oof it's a good question to be honest um, because in the moment I feel like I'm in a transition of working with I would say I love doing anything and offering anything that brings women back into their queendom. So whatever that is, whether that's wow. whether that's through somatics or whether that's through um, relationship alchemy work, whether that's through um, emotional mastery, like whatever it is that takes women from this like good girl, people pleaser back into their sovereign reality of the feminine is the leader then mm -hmm. that's what I offer that's the thing that ah, I do is that okay so that's and why I offer different things that yeah because you have retreats you have workshops mm -hmm. you have classes where we can access your energy yes um anything online yes I work online so I do I do mentorships online mm -hmm. um one-on-one -on -one courses couples courses um a few different things I do a facilitator training once a year that's mostly online sometimes ah, in person that's where all of these women come from that you just recently tagged on your account yes uh -huh. so um yeah I do all of it all of it yeah mm -hmm. we hang out in person we hang out online um cool. yeah and why do you think people lost their serenity or why women lost their queenness <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah it's like, let's go right there. That's huge. <laughs> let's go right there. <laughs> let's go into it. It's, um, so I mean, uh, uh, there's, the, there's the curiosity to kind of bring it to the personal layer first. Like, can you relate to that? Can you relate to that, that kind of, that phenomena of being pulled out of your center as a woman? Have you ever experienced that? And what has, what has happened For that to happen to you you know like i this i also like thank you for asking this because um before you came i was like uh, thinking about my own journey of being a woman and then i thought that i never had this strong call of like oh yeah i'm a woman you know like i never mm. had this and there are so many women suddenly out there who are like i'm a woman ah, da, da. like this is this huge wave and also so many women um, have this strong calling for reproduction. Mm. 
Mm. Or like they come already on this planet and they're like, I want to be a mother. This is my role. I want to be caring. I never had any of it. Mm. Never. But of course, through this like external influence of being triggered of this like, hey, you know, like suddenly we have women's circles and we have all this like woman, woman, woman. I'm like, huh, okay. Like mm. people really identify with it, like being that. Have I ever lost? I think like mm. everyone is going through a process of discovering self-worth mm. again. Like that's something that I experience for myself and many of the people that I hang out with and like that I've that I uh, uh, spend time with. I feel like, especially mm. over uh, like now uh, in your thirties, where you are like, hey, like I have boundaries. Mm. This is my self worth. I'm gonna protect it. And then of course there can be uh, the discussion of uh, is somebody treating me a certain way because I'm a woman, and mm. I. Okay, 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 now now I have some ideas. <laughs> okay, when I was still working in business, I had like a lot of struggle because I'm this petite woman uh, and I look 10 years younger than I am and I was mm. working in executive teams and like I even got training on how to behave as a woman mm. in that setting mm. to not uh, uh, um, get into the situation where people take something away from me or Oof, uh, or project onto me like oh yeah she's not capable of something or like whatever. So they actually trained you to be more like a man, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I had all mm. these advices of like where to sit, always sit next to the yeah. most powerful man. Mm -hmm. Never like if someone needs anything and needs coffee, you are not the one who stands up. A hundred percent. You're yeah. never sitting there and writing down things. Everything is in your head. Mm. And and I would do that. I would do that. Mm. I was always sitting next to the most powerful man in the room. Mm. I never wrote anything down, and I, I love that. Always powerful. Most <laughs> powerful man in the room. So powerful, you're so fucking powerful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know, like I really wanted to ask you this question. So I love to observe the U.S. Like, I, I, I just receive a lot of content from the US because I feel their throat chakra is so open. Yes, true. So yeah, this open. is very beautiful. Because yeah. they have like this uh, uh, freedom of speech uh, culture thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, I always love to listen. What do they say? Because they just, they just share everything. Yeah. And there is this guy, uh, I think his name is Matthew Walsh. And he created a documentary, which is insane. Uh, uh, it's called What is a Woman? And he goes... Uh, uh, everywhere he's interviewing everyone people from the street people from the LGBT uh, 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 gender uh, uh, um, uh, professor blah, 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 like mm. everywhere and he just asks this question like, what is a woman? yeah it's a really important question right now it is mm. so your story is like so layered and so yeah it's such a I'm so happy that I asked you the question and by the way it's not because I didn't want to answer the question so I was like I want to know I want to know from you um but yeah it's that that is what I feel that is the reason for um uh, for, that is the reason for the resurgence of the feminine and of feminine embodiment work right now not that the <clears> feminine <throat> is conflated with woman thank um, you yeah. but for a moment we can say okay makes sense that um, women are being encouraged in more kind of spiritual communities to yeah. represent and um, relearn and remember how to be a reference for the feminine yeah. um, because honestly I think that we're all in a kind of interesting training of learning how or remembering how to be a reference for the feminine because we know how to be a reference for the masculine yeah. um, and truly I feel that most of us whether we're born with a set of balls or a set of ovaries like internal or external balls mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we're all you know you went through a training in a more kind of literal sense of you being in a corporate environment where you're forced to be um, a patriarchal woman, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, you know, uh, however, I feel like every single one of us in the Western world, um, in the contemporary world, we're all being indoctr indoctrinated into being masculine because it's the only way to survive or to be successful. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to say, like, even and also especially in places where 
people think they're representing the feminine, it's still patriarchy in so many places. What is so that's the... kind of what I'm about. I'm not about like, I'm not about, I'm not just about women's work and getting women together to yeah. uh, reiterate their, their, their personal lineages of what they know a woman is. I'm like, no, we actually don't know what a woman is. We've been pulled away from it so much. Do you really think that you know what a woman is? We haven't had one around since the 15th century. We actually don't know what matriarchal consciousness looks like because we've forgotten it, do you know? So that's... Yeah, like, I, like I, I've been reflecting a lot on the pattern here actually and um, this is gonna trigger I think some people but I really don't believe into the pattern here anymore. I, Great. I, 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 honestly, I think that the idea of the patriarchy, of this dominant structure, mm -hmm. can be pointed down to maybe like five or ten men who have created a sort of like power play on the entire world. Mm. But I still believe that we're actually living in a matriarchy. matriarchy because mm. if women decide from one day to the other that we don't want to give birth anymore, this place is done. And I think it's more about remembering that we like how powerful this body is, and oh, I and, love that. and what mm. I see in the patriarchy is more actually an unbalanced um, system between energies. Mm -hmm. So my idea of um, of course like we have um, still oppression and and saying that from a privileged perspective of mm -hmm. living in a western society which uh, like i don't have to go through what is happening for instance in iran also in turkey like all these things um but my mm -hmm. idea of the patriarchy is basically like also when we look into leadership i think we need <clears throat> uh empowered feminine leadership mm -hmm. and which and this is not related uh, to like also i can see so many beautiful men being in power basically mm -hmm. but leading from a very feminine a uh, uh, space. Mm -hmm, 100%. Yes. Yeah. And I, in my personal life, I've, I've been um, entrained into the feminine via men in my life, actually. Mm -hmm. Like, I've met more feminine men yeah. than feminine women in my life, personally. Because this is the thing, and this is why I personally love getting loads of women in a room to talk about the feminine. Because somehow... It's really interesting to me that what I perceive is that it's women who've been pulled furthest away from the feminine somehow. Of course, again, I'm talking about in my own personal luxurious surroundings of being in like hyper-privileged, like one of the most white places in the world and one of the most like liberated kind of um, systems in the world of Berlin, for example. Mm -hmm. um, there's like a lot of like in a way, what I see kind of like a, an interesting thing that I've perceived happening is that we're being pulled away from our primal body, essentially, which is what I'm interested in. I see, I meet more and more men that are feel super comfortable being in the feminine, but are terrified of being in their masculine. I, oh, thank you so much for opening it. Like, honestly, I was always looking for people to talk about these things. It's like... Yeah. And it's like the, the <laughs> our social acceleration has been beautiful. We've accelerated socially so well, yet primitively, we've kind of halted a little bit. And it's like such a shame that there's a disconnect from our animal body, which is why... I do this sensual somatics workshop. It's the only kind of work that I do. I do two bodies of work for, um, for all genders. Mm -hmm. um, and really specifically, the people that get the most out of it are cisgender people from these workshops, frankly, because sensual somatics is about reconnecting people to their animal body of like, before I was conditioned, how did I feel, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I do intimacy work, which is like, um, before I was codependent, how do I love? So it's like that back to this original way of relating to the body and to another. And this is something that men and women, um, also people of all genders, but you could argue that non-binary people are perhaps more fluid in the way they approach their body by definition, because they're like, okay, so what, mm -hmm. what can my body do rather than I'm a woman, so my body can do this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's and, an important and, and topic. And what is animal body? Ooh. I learned that from you actually also. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have an animal body. Am I actually often enough in my animal body? <laughs> <laughs> it's you when you haven't got your head online. It's you without your head, you know? Like, it's you. But then, you know, there is the head there because the animal body is that, like, 
subprimal instinct of like really enabling all of your primal instincts uh, the like the animal body is the part of us that doesn't have an intellectual approach to the things that are happening it's just like oh i want to fight oh i want to fuck oh i want to shit oh i want to eat like it's like very simple being wow, like, i want this so i yes do, in, you, in do, you attra- do you connect with your primal body? I think like actually uh, um, uh, like the, the first connection that I've got was of course in human design where the spleen is the organ which connects is the oldest animal uh, organ we have in the body hmm. and in human design that organ um, is uh, related to the instincts and awareness and also fear because animals they are so instinctual they always know when something is coming they have this nose for things right like and there's also the survival instinct and and the awareness for what comes next basically mm-hmm. and I'm a splenic manifesto so I have a very strong connection to my instinct mm. um, but uh, mm. yeah like I, I, I'm not sure if I live it really consciously and it's a good reminder. Okay, I have an animal body. I mm-hmm. love that. And what was the other body that you're mentioning? Um, so I can't even animal remember body? now. It's like the um, I mean, the, when I say the animal body, I'm including like the the energetic body, the subtle body, and yeah, not. I'm basically including all, all of the all of the lower bodies. I'm not going to include like the radiant body and the auric yeah. body. Just kind of like the like first, second, third, and all the kind of bodies that correspond to that. Um, And Okay, so like I I quickly want to go back to your story to, okay, you were on this journey where you felt like the disconnection or like more this, um, um, uh, where did we start it uh, of like, not being really in your queendom mm, mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. It was part of your own journey and this is how you accessed it. Again, it was like... It continues to be my journey. Yeah. Yeah. And it's beautiful because I don't know how you feel about Dharma, but for me, the way that my Dharma shows up is I... I mean, it's kind of like... The thing that I love about Dharma for me, my own personal experience of it is it's like... It reminds me how much the goddess is this living entity that that requires being seduced constantly mm-hmm. because it's part of the seduction of the goddess of her seduction towards me is that she's always kind of reminding me she's always helping she's always letting me forget so that i have to remember yeah. so like my dharma <laughs> is the thing that i have to also keep learning it's not that you know the spaces that i offer you know the space for women to come back into their queendom it's not because it's like I'm a queen, so therefore I'm going to show you all how to be a queen. It's like, um, I know what codependency looks like, big time. And it can be also very narcissistic to be like... And this is also why I do queen work, because I've been that queen. Like, I've done, I've done and continue to do rigorous, like, dissolving of my narcissistic defenses. Mm. Because if you have an Instagram account, if you position yourself as a healer or a leader, and you don't have... A therapist that you meet with to dissolve your narcissistic defenses, it's dangerous. Dangerous. Because you get so much feedback. And like also as a space holder in classes, you know, we always get this feedback afterwards. And like we have to remind ourselves to be humble and also not be so identified with it. But know Mm -hmm. that this comes through us and everyone can Mm -hmm. access it. Mm -hmm. Everyone. Mm -hmm. So for me, I love doing this work because I know a thousand percent that I will never be done with it. Mm-hmm. So if somebody comes up to me and they go, oh, like, thank you so much for the workshop. You seem to really be in your queen. I get to, there's no way that I would take any compliment into my ego because I'm like, haha, like, little do you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I also try to be as transparent as possible and I feel it's clear, you know, it's one thing on the Instagram feed to see one representation of a person, but the main reflection that I get that I do allow myself to receive is that people can see how shy I am, can see that I'm also working with the things I offer. And you're also very soft, actually. Like, the Mm. way how I got to know you, like, you're very powerful, super strong. Like, and I think this is where I can really, like, see myself. And, like, I I think my narcissistic side also. I just (laughs) love powerful women. Like, they inspire Mm. me so much. Mm. Um, But uh, when we spend time, like, I can also see you being so soft Mm. and so feminine. Totally. all in you. Yeah. 
And I don't, I don't, uh, I save that for the in-person exchanges and I save uh-huh. that for the in-person uh-huh. workshops, yeah. Because it's not, again, you know, anything can be used, anything can be used for manipulation, even and especially innocence. So I'm really like, only when it really is totally a thousand percent through a clear channel. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, my journey with women's work is that the thing that I offer is the thing that I need yeah me too like otherwise i cannot create like everything i offer is just for myself totally like completely mm. and that's why i always think like i need to choose my teachers also wisely because we are receiving what they're going through if they practice and teach from an authentic embodied place this is true and so many people don't understand that i think there's two things that people who have not done the journey of going into like healership or leadership or mm-hmm. both mm-hmm. Two things that I think that they will never understand is, first of all, how much venues cost and how stressful retreats are to organize. Oh my God. <laughs> and how slim the profit margin is if you're exactly. not a total capitalist American coach person. Yeah. Second thing is, um, second thing is that is like, um, we're really drinking from the placenta and that's where we teach from. Exactly. 100 yeah. mm. percent <laughs> yeah yeah so i was so happy when i met you so i was like oh god she gets it she gets it about the retreats and the placenta she gets exactly. it but i mean like also like for you guys uh, um how we met um i found out that she's a reflector and i just love reflectors like reflectors for me I probably like for other people manifestors are a little bit because we have mm. as a manifestor we have the closed yeah. aura and many people always like to figure out what it is with us like they want to see through but because the aura is closed they cannot understand and either they're super magnetized or they really are repelled by us interesting yeah so the, our whole lives is basically like yeah people either hate or love us it's very difficult to grow up with that but yeah now as a woman I'm like yeah I don't care we, we learn, but then watching reflectors for me is probably the same um, experience of being like, what is she doing? Like, mm. who is this woman? <laughs> what, what, is, what is going on with her? Mm. And um, yeah, you're a reflector and a four six. And we share the six because I'm a oh, six. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. And as a six, we go through three life stages. And the first one usually goes until Saturn returns, until the age of 28, 29, something like that. Mm. And then suddenly our whole life shifts. And things that we identified with before Mm. are really not interesting anymore because we have made our experiences and now we're moving on on a much more aligned path, which is more the path of Dharma, basically. Mm. And very often it happens that we're quitting relationships, we're changing the location, we're settling more, focusing more on one thing maybe, um, and also mm. we're changing our jobs and our identities. 28, 29 years old? Yeah. Oh, interesting. And I mean, you made some crazy transformations also. I listened to one of your mm. podcasts that you also were a domina, right? Mm, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is the point where your podcast listeners might have been making dinner and now they're like, Hey, <laughs> maybe let me listen to that podcast for a moment yeah so i was a dominatrix which it's called dominatrix yes um uh, and yeah uh, domina is like female dominatrix basically mm-hmm. um and yeah so i was doing that for about seven years in london mm-hmm. and yeah i mean really honestly it sounds much more glamorous than it actually was so mm-hmm. it sounds really really like glamorous like oh she must have been like wearing her latex thigh high boots to the supermarket every day and have no. slaves clean her house for her wasn't the reality um it was more like really uh, angry square shaped men with lots of money would give would give me loads of money to just to tell them dominate. to do things yeah. yeah like that's also how I listened and like I was listening to, an podca- to a podcast from Aubrey Marcus mm. who also sharing a lot actually about sexuality intimacy and yes. with his wife <clears throat> and he was just recently on a tantra podcast which I never heard about but I, I, I just yeah, yeah. It. and he shared also some moment where they invited a dominatrix or domina yeah yeah and it was so interesting for me to listen also that someone shares it so publicly it, it, it happens no. rarely actually that people share that but i mean real talk in many places it's still illegal in the world so really mm-hmm. oh i didn't know yeah 
Yeah, like, but it was so interesting that, you know, this power play and what you can learn from that also mm. being dominated and like yeah. giving up control. Mm. Um, so, so, uh, I, I, yeah. I thought, oh, okay, like when I heard that, I was like, oh, okay, Melissa must have all this knowledge yeah. <laughs> about power mm. and like how the body and maybe also, I don't know, do you learn any tools as a dominatrix of what to get out of your clients? A hundred percent. It's like, I didn't start doing that work because I was really into sex and really bossy. Mm -hmm. Actually, both of those things continue to not be so true. <laughs> um, it's more about, uh, it's more, it was more about, I'm a social scientist. I'm really, really curious about how people relate to each other. And one of the most, I thought like one of the most, one of the most easy and direct ways to learn about a whole pool of people that I would never elsewise get to connect with, very powerful cisgender men. Yeah. Like in what other context would I get to meet like millionaire CEOs who have a life that's totally wildly different to mine? But because I've always been really curious about power, I've kind of always been doing empowerment work to a certain degree. I mean, when I was at college, I was already doing like little women's circles, like little, little girls circles, you know, really more than anything. I've always been really curious about, mm -hmm. about so the topic the of sex. That like does really like... Yeah, yeah. Really, really successful man. Ah, oh, interesting. Super okay, so hyper crazy successful man. And so they create something in this experience. Absolutely. So for me, it was never, you know, every single client that I had, also I didn't need it for money. Mm -hmm. That was my own thing, you know. It was like, I don't need it. It was more of a, a, social, a social laboratory somehow. Yeah, and like it was probably like now you're also having, you have all this knowledge that you can bring into all your workshops. Oh, like, a thousand percent. It's like how to, this is what, like, this is how to, if you're a woman and you want to, unfuck all of your shame around um around your sexuality go have someone pay to have an encounter with you if you want to unfuck your shame around your you know around what around being a woman if you want to go and like reclaim your queendom go and have like a really rich man pay you like 500 euro an hour to sit next to you do you know like mm. and then see how you what happens for you when you when someone's paying you just to be you Wow. But like, through this lens of you're a dominant. But a dominant is a woman <clears throat> who isn't looking for validation outside of herself. Really, yeah. when we get to the core of it, it's not the boots that he's paying for. It's not the like the it's not the like the latex gear. Yeah. It's the only thing it is is that it's so it's become so highly exotic to be in the presence of a woman who respects and self-validates herself, yeah. validates herself. Yeah. And it's become so exotic that a man is so thirsty to be around a woman who he doesn't have to validate mm -hmm. that he's willing to pay for it. Wow. And I totally understand that. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, like listening to that, of, of course, like coming from my background as being basically a Muslim woman born in this body, but in a Western world. And like in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my God, because like in my culture, <clears throat> in my culture, I have to maybe define because it's highly, of course, influenced by the Western world as mm. I've grown up in, in Germany, but still my whole heritage, my family, my ancestors, everyone comes from Turkey and there is a lot of shame. There's a lot of sins basically. And like, mm. uh, we have this word called gunah, you know, like when mm. you do one thing and Everyone will say, this is gunah, this is ayub, this is like uh, 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 shameful, you know, don't do it. Oh, shameful, that's what it means. Yeah, like, uh, um, and, and sinful, basically. And it, this, I remember as a child, it came up in so many things, like, don't do this, you can, uh, don't eat on the toilet, like, stuff like that, you okay, know. Like, there are, like, yeah. many, many things, uh, uh, don't show your body like that, don't go into shorts, like, go blah, 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 blah. Okay. And I thought, wow, because the, the shame, to be liberated from shame is such a huge topic um, and then looking into different cultures oh my god I thought if in the Muslim cultures they also have these dominatrics they 100% do I can confirm to you they 1000% do yeah. even more um, when I was a domino I was asked quite a few times to go and travel to certain places Wow! but my own boundary was to only have clients that I would meet I would go for coffee first yeah. and you know I never there's some saying 
my experience of being a dominatrix would be so different to some other people's because mm-hmm. for me I didn't need it for money so I was myself yeah. do you know yeah. I was myself and I gave myself the obstacle course mm-hmm. of having a man pay me money and for me to practice certainty um, mm-hmm. so that was my own kind of you know so I would go for coffee with a man I would dress how I dress maybe yeah. a little bit more chic mm-hmm. no? yeah um, but ultimately they were paying to have a session with me and that relaxed me that felt really safe for me it. as well because yeah. I had other friends who were dominatrixes and and a lot of friends who were sex workers I was also a sex worker for a while mm-hmm. I was a stripper for a while mm-hmm. I was a dominatrix, a dominatrix for the longest time and I have friends who were sex workers and real talk like um, if you're a dominatrix and you're not really authentic there's this separation and within this polarity of course it's really hot but I've just heard really I heard so many scary stories of like men becoming obsessive and becoming stalkers mm. because they cannot they want like they want this that, energy they want you yeah. and if you're not yourself you're creating a polarity because maybe you don't feel safe being yourself mm-hmm. but it's actually much safer to be you and then they don't have this thirsty yeah. like oh I really want to know who you are I want to find out what your real name is I want to find out where you live and things like that it's like for me it was much safer actually to be myself meet them as me and be like yeah the only thing that I don't do is I don't have so we're not having you're not going to touch my body yeah everything else we can do wow (laughs) yeah when I heard for the first time in this podcast of Aubrey Marcus I also really thought this is a therapy Oh, absolutely it is. Like, and, and because now uh, my transition of being like super in business world, like sitting in like nice clothes and like in, the, in these rooms, but then it's now... It's crazy I'm, to imagine that. I couldn't imagine that yeah, for you. Yeah, but... look into my wardrobe. Well, I still well, have well, like well, some well. nice dresses. And you could be a dominatrix. <laughs> <laughs> but then now working more with the body, um, hmm. basically knowing how much you can get out of the body and then listening to this idea of okay, what the domina is doing in that room and like dominating the man and like maybe you know it's such a, a play that I thought wow this is therapy this is mm. this is impactful it's so amazing it is and that's why for me there was a switch so I was having these clients and it started to feel like I felt that it was therapy I mean I also had a similar experience I was also working in a strip club when I just got to Berlin mm-hmm. And um, I was just working in the strip club for like half a year, not long at all. And I loved the community aspect of it. I loved, um, you know, actually as a domino, I never got to wear all of my like lingerie that I've spent so much money on because, you know, I'm a Libra. So you can imagine what my lingerie collection looks like. Okay. And I was like, oh God, I'm, I'm a sex worker, but I never wear my lingerie. So domino is never going to be like, you know, it's not the dynamic for a domino to, to yeah. a, a domino never does anything for the client. The client, you, your job is to make the client want to do anything for the domino. So it's a little bit queen energy. No? Oh, it but is. I'm totally. gonna this is what I want. It totally is. Yeah. It totally is. Yeah. And it totally is. And a queen and mother, actually. Queen and queen mother. Queen and mother, exactly. Yeah. Because and, you have um, to be also, uh, then when they're like very vulnerable, then you're going there, you're caring. Totally. And like, yeah. It's like the concept of a domino is totally different to the reality of a domino. And I had a domino that I learned from. I was a maid in like kind of sex worker terms. That's what you go and do if you want to learn how to be a domino is you go and be a maid in a scene. Um, literally you dress like a maid and you sit in the room and you just be available to like clean things or whatever. That's how you learn from a domino. That's the kind of like school. Wow. And when I was a maid, I was just like, it was so enlightening because I was just seeing her being so nurturing and I couldn't get it at first. I was like, why would you be nurture Like, she was actually more nurturing than mean. And when you think about it, if your job is for someone to surrender to you, I mean, like... Ah, you need to trust also. Totally. Yeah, like, that's where I thought, like, when I listened to this, wow, it's like, you really have to understand the psychology of what is going on in that mm-hmm. person. You have to read the person... Whereas the stuckness is the mm. shame. What does the person need? And then you're going out being either like bam, mm. Mm. or you're like, yeah, come here, like I'm gonna yeah. take care of you. Yeah. yeah, and both a good scene, a very good scene. If you're choreographing a good scene, is that it's a good balance of both. And that's you know from like a somatics perspective, right. yeah. this is what we do. We expand and we contract. We yeah. expand and we contract. 
and that's dropping a person into a particular state that's yeah. like quite hypnotic and yeah. you stop being a human it's beautiful you just start being like an amoeba and like do you do you have any sisters or any what's the feminine energy that uh, accompanied you in your childhood oh wow i love the shift of topic <laughs> yeah um, actually this uh, question is from the beginning in my head yes yes way. yes um but i just want to finish on that topic a little oh, bit okay. Um, when I was so I had this moment of all my clients being men yeah. and I had this moment when I was working in the strip club actually and I had this beautiful kind of philosophical conversation with this with this client yeah. um, and one of one of my like sisters in the in the club she said to me like how come like how come you find it so easy to have clients and I was like because I'm interested in them because I'm actually interested in the people yeah and they're not paying from the size of my ass and how how well I move on the pole like that's not what they're paying for mm -hmm. also my um my domination clients they were not paying for me to be a bitch I realized like there's this experience of the feminine that they're really aching to have mm. and it's yeah. I have so much compassion through whatever way in which we're all gonna come at that ache mm -hmm. whether it's through drinking so much with your buddies that you all start to be vulnerable with each other in the pub or something whether it's through going to watch football together so that you can unleash your like Lilith and scream together yeah. <laughs> or whether it's through an ayahuasca ceremony however like you your ache for the feminine is showing up I really respect every single ache for the feminine that harms nobody oh thank you for sharing that because like I very often struggled with this idea um, specifically with the men around me that they mm. were uh, only able to communicate from their feminine when they were on drugs mm. yeah and, and this is yeah and this I, is about this is yeah I like, was really judgmental about that mm. actually I was like oh man come on like why can't you not like work on it you know mm. I, was, I, I was even getting angry I was like why do you always have to just like take all this ecstasy MDMA da, 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 to mm. finally access it why can you not build the relationships in this Yeah, I mean, it's a good moment to assess you. Check your cosmic privilege, girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I did like, okay, 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 I get it. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, totally. And I'm now, now I'm also sorry uh, mm. that I cannot, but I want them to do the fucking work. Like, I'm getting yes. angry. I want them to do the work mm. to be able to access it. And that's, Enter Yasmin Volmond and her plethora of offerings for connecting with the feminine yeah. principle. Yeah. 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 Okay, can you answer now my other question? <laughs> <laughs> I just say, please, can we call this episode hashtag check your cosmic privilege? Check your cosmic privilege. Um, <laughs> that could even be a program name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Certainly. a workshop yeah, online. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't uh, I don't technically have a sister I have a stepsister but um, I never felt connected to her mm -hmm. I had my own room I had my own bedroom at home until I was seven years old and then I had to share my bedroom with somebody that would come and visit once a week so mm -hmm. I'm still that teenager yeah. no I'm not so connected to my stepfather's side um, so te yeah I don't have a, a sister present in mm -hmm. my field um, I have a brother one year older yeah <clears throat> but maybe in your past life like I had a channel reading and she told me that in my past life I had the sisterhood and like uh, I was really uh, with all the sisters and um, when I'm in Turkey um, I'm only with women Mm. which is such a different energy and I think that's why probably I also always feel like so amazing there because mm. I'm with my aunt with my mom and then there like back in the days it was my grandma and my grand grandmother and um, all the women in the hammam you know mm. um, and I realized oh it's so nice to be surrounded by the supporting energy of them um, and I remember when I was in this like very business career um, theme of my life, I was craving the sisterhood and I created actually a platform. It was called Planet Y. And every month uh, I invited speakers. I had a location and everyone had to come. It was basically like a woman's circle, but for business women. Ooh. And we were talking about all the stuff. 
all the shit and our difficulties and also relationships and everything and it was like so amazing we were always super drunk back in the days i also organized boat tours with sect and champagne and like these kind of things um but it was sounds so good i would love to it was really a good time actually now uh sometimes i meet some of them again and we all look back and be like oh my god (laughs) but uh but it was really important to be with the sisters yeah it is it is and it's not something that I do or that I offer because it feels natural. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something I offer because it, it feels like it is, in, it, is, it, is, it is in accordance to the true nature somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, if the truth... This is just my own theories, my own, like, messy-infused theory. Um, but what I feel is happening collectively is that we're, uh, that, that we're returning to uh, an, a, a, not the a natural order in order for a kind of supernatural order to present itself yeah and what i feel a natural order is is the um is mother at the center now i'm not saying that matriarchy is the way that we're going but i've got a feeling that matriarchy will inspire one of the ways in which we can move forward if you could imagine that i feel like what's happened is that i feel like one one part of the the human wingspan has really developed big time and that's like the masculine wing and so we know how to fly with one side of the body but you know after a certain amount of time with only one wing we start to get a little bit like where is my second wing exactly so what i feel is happening collectively is it's like we're building this feminine wingspan we're spanning the feminine side like the left side all of um, us, by the way. Oh, absolutely, all of us. All and of it's us. even so essential that all of us... I mean, for me, the whole women's work, if I'm really like going to get meta on this, what I feel is required, the request of the moment, I feel the request of the moment is for women to really embody radical patience because men, they need to like go to... They need to, you know, they need to go Persephone as fuck and go like deep into the underworld and rather than us like shaming and blaming and yeah all this toxic masculinity stuff is so destructive and instead what we need to do is we need to just focus on the nourishment that's available from the mother and from women yeah and be like hey you know what like men are going through this right now and we could you know we could like be obsessed and fixated on their pace on them on duh, duh. instead why don't we turn the attention back on us and notice that there's so much nourishment from our women who've already done the persephone shit and so we can we're, we're ready to party now i don't think we need to spend our time and energy blaming uh, blaming men on the fact that they're not here yet we're here now so why don't we party with the people that are and, here now and also I feel like actually what happened through all this feminist uh, empowerment and like power 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 mm-hmm. we have an overdrive in masculinity within us like I'm really consciously trying to mm-hmm. uh, balance my masculinity with my femininity so I think we as women also have to do shitloads of work to bring everything into balance again because as you said in the beginning like me we meet i also personally meet so many feminine men Mm -hmm, and and i have to say it's difficult for me because i i I want to be held by a masculine man also and i want them to be in their masculinity so that i can be in my femininity but of course Mm. i'm a very strong masculine woman and i'm doing so much and Mm. and i have so many like uh, Mm. uh, abilities but I have to do my work as well. And mm. many of my friends, many peers, many sisters that I have, I think we're all... I think that's why um, I have this thing with the patriarchy and like so on that I really think we all are currently in a state of where we need to balance the yin and the yang. Mm. And both of us, all of us. Because really. it's inside of us. Mm-hmm. And and back in the days I was like yeah we need more women and leadership blah 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 I don't feel this way anymore mm-hmm. I feel like we need more feminine leadership because no, there's yeah. it's so masculine let's bring in more caring energy mm-hmm. but then it would be also interesting if you have a solution to that many mm-hmm. people are so triggered that we are saying feminine and masculine energy because they mm-hmm. relate that to gender which for me is completely disconnected mm-hmm. because I see that we I have the feminine I have the masculine. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm trying to more often use the yin and the yang, which has not this... But it's avoiding. Why? You it's know, a- it's avoiding and it's also co-opting a whole other lineage that's not yours, you know? Like, okay. why, why do that? I think like... Um, uh, you know, there's many different schools of thought. I have a teacher, a London Angel Winter. She's really badass, and she's like a, a neo tantra um, teacher. And she uses the terms alpha and omega, mm. which is beautiful. Alpha and, and omega, which is beautiful. And to be honest with you, I know that she's saying she means masculine and feminine when she uses those words. Do you know? So I've had my own journey with that. I mean, that's like a whole big topic in itself, but. Um, I had a moment where even, you know, like saying the words masculine or feminine, I would always back them up with lots of like, um, oh, but when I say this, what I mean is that. And now what I do is I say the word and I I embody what I mean. It's like I trust. There is a, a charge behind these words. Um, rather than going against the grain of something that's happening energetically, I just mm-hmm. really love to like allow the grain there's a charge behind these terms. Hmm, interesting. How can we leverage that charge? Mm-hmm. And so what I do in my spaces with men and women, the intimacy work that I do, there's always a moment that we acknowledge the, um, the wounds of the masculine and the wounds yes. of the feminine. Because when you get men and women together, there's a personal kind of like ancestral heritage like there's an ancestors like ancestral dna in us it's like i just feel like we hold codes of the wounds of the masculine and the feminine in us too for sure mm-hmm. um but there's something powerful that happens this is just me and my my messy experience and i am always so curious to speak to other people the highest and most accelerated level of of healing I've seen happen between men and women is when men acknowledge the wound of the, the wounds of the masculine, the masculine wounds, and take responsibility for it and represent when they're a reference for mm-hmm. the masculine in the world, and when women um, represent and allow themselves to be a reference for the feminine wounds in the world, and vice versa. But that polarity is important. Yeah. So um, that's just me personally. If you want to make really big healing happen between men and women. There's something about these words that's doing something really important. And yeah. I don't want to avoid that. No, you're right. And I think like it's actually good when there is this trigger because people wake up from it. Absolutely. Yeah, and like I had these conversations on in my Instagram sometimes. I'm s- sorry, sometimes I'm really annoyed. Like I'm <laughs> like, oh like oh, you know, people interpret all these things and then mm. I want to have this conversation. I'm mm. like, mm, no, 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 mm. no. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean also like we have been again to bring it to a point of like of like women have been do you know the amount of messages I have got telling me that I'm not politically correct yeah I'm not inclusive all of these things why can't men come to your spaces um and like do you have like do you uh, where have you been for the last century there's for me i don't have to explain to you why men cannot come to a space where women are healing their wounds yeah together that and women hey, specifically have experienced where we're talking about sex like we there are many other rooms just go to any of the other totally rooms. and like have you seen me i am a cisgender like i'm the most like i'm like the barbie of tantra like go to someone else i might have a neck tattoo but i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about when it comes to like gender politics because it hasn't been my experience fully although what i will say is that there's many people that i think the biggest crime that we can make in terms of talking about sex and gender and being misinformed is pretending to be informed and there's like a lot of tantra facilitators or people that yeah. bring the topic of sex into the space um and they will ins- they will position themselves as a teacher when they haven't actually lived all of the experiences mm. of the people in the room. Mm. So mm. instead, it's more like share your own personal lineage and trust that. Yeah. And be really, make very clear disclaimers what... What it is about and what not. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And if you try and invite everyone, you're going to harm at least someone. <clears throat> I think especially in these spaces, um, when it comes to like women's circle, men's circle and so on, there is always this conversation about like, mm. Oh, is it LGBT? Is it is mm-hmm. it non-binary? Like da 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 da. Mm-hmm. 
because of course like now the trend in the world is being very left uh, uh, driven it's so fascinating to me yeah. and like to me to me honestly it's it's, so it's too much like i'm done mm. with it mm-hmm. i'm so done but I, I'm, i know like this will also trigger so many people but as a manifester i look at the stuff and like yeah at, at the beginning i also triggered that stuff i was really lgbt i was really non-binary i was like having my pronouns everywhere mm. Um, Everywhere. You go and get a coffee and you're like, what's your name? <laughs> I was introduced to me in my classes with my, with my pronouns and now I'm done. Yeah, why? What's that shift about? Because I realize that there is a lot of separation happening. Mm-hmm. And I want to guide again from a place, I think it was my own process of like, okay, what am I identified with? Da, da, da. And also mm-hmm. opening That's interesting, um, yeah. or triggering the idea that we are so different and that I want everyone to have their place to be seen. But now I realize that the more categories and labels I put onto myself, the more separation I drive. And I want to bring people back into union consciousness. And want to create mm. places where people understand that behind of being my body, I'm the same as you. I absolutely resonate. Because on a soul level, the soul doesn't identify. The mm. soul is always in union. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah. And I, I like in these whole movements in the world where I was like so strongly also involved in. So I see also my um, um, participation in all of that. Mm-hmm. And I had to go through this process of first participating, creating, and so on. And now I think it's going also very often into very destructive directions. Mm. Um, and I've been studying a lot actually this topic of feminism and also looking into personas like Andrew Tate and Jordan mm. Peterson, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and I wanted to understand, oh, okay, why did these guys become so prominent? They have so many followers, especially 70, 18-year-old guys, young males. They are so interested in them. And what is actually feminism doing to it? Like... Mm. It's so interesting and then I realized, oh, I think not everything that we're like doing here is so constructive. Mm. Uh, it's and, and many people feel left out, um, especially young guys. Mm. They feel they're confused. They're confused about how to behave in this world. And this is also part of this whole process of probably bringing back this balance. But this whole like uh, masculinity is toxic. Yeah, this, this, these two mm. labels have put them into a place where they now, of course, resonate more with personas like Andrew Tate and Jordan Peterson, who are confirming um, that it's super okay to be this like very masculine mm. sort of like thing. And they feel seen, they feel protected, they feel, okay, I can be who I am. Mm. And these guys are confirming it. And that's why they're so popular. Mm. It's very interesting. Yeah, it but is, it is, it is. We don't have to uh, talk about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> because, yeah, like, oh my God, sometimes I really feel like I cannot share everything that is happening in my mind because... Yeah, I mean, just to acknowledge that, I feel a very similar way, you know, it's like, um, especially, you know, I talk a lot about the womb and the importance of the womb and um, my own personal experience was, yeah, so... What I wanted to say is that I'm really happy that um, I'm happy that queer culture thrives. I'm really happy about that. Of course. Like it's so it's I mean, there's no way that (laughs) we can't have a resurgence of the feminine without queer culture. It's not going to happen. No. It's more about when um, different cultures are created to um, divide rather than include. So, yeah. um, I mean, my own personal experience of 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 queerness was that I absolutely it was essential for me to really allow myself to expand the concept of what it means to be a woman Mm -hmm. first of all because I felt so disenfranchised by all of the kind of examples of womanhood and womanism femininity that I saw around me just felt so limiting and in many ways um it's only in the last maybe like six years that I've really allowed myself to own all the corners of women that I am and continue to be that I'm attracting you know women like yourself who are super powerful but also soft and like devotional women who yeah are like on that journey of integrating all the parts Mm -hmm. 
yet I needed to, I felt so disenfranchised by the feminine that I was like, fuck this. I want to really become totally non-binary, totally non-binary. So I started taking testosterone and um, there's also a bit of glamour in the queer um, world around like, this is interesting kind of dark phenomena in the, in the queer world around like, um, um, you're not really trans until you take hormones and that's really problematic for me because for me like, for me trans is not something that you do, it's something that you really inherently are. Yeah, exactly. And that's uh, for me, I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to speak about it, but I also mm. did lots of research and like I watched a lot of content mm -hmm. because I was really interested in like what is going on. Mm -hmm. Like I think I want to embrace everyone the way they come. And I don't think that you have to put yourself into a category mm -hmm. to become something. Mm -hmm. so I also think you are if you are trans you are trans okay Tot yeah yeah and it's like it's coming from your being and how can we support that uh, exactly. that, that which is coming from inside from of you inside. how can we nourish that exactly yeah. and why like oh, oh I really hope it's not triggering anyone but I really wish that we don't need this need of changing something in our physical I mean being addicted to any to being being codependent to the um, to the allopathic What is allopathic? Allopathic is the like traditional me medicine, like hospital, like oh. um, pharmaceutical industry. Okay. Having to be codependent to a structure in the pharmaceutical ah, industry yeah. is never going to be like that's not empowered. No. I mean, it's like it's there's a level of empowerment of being able to choose. You know, I can choose to remove my nipples, and that's empowering. Yet, if I want to be a mother, it's not empowering. So I actually, don't have choice anymore. Do you know if exactly. I want to like breastfeed, I don't just, have choice just anymore. Just live it, like honestly, and. Everything on, you know, and <laughs> I think like like if you have a penis and and you have a strong feminine, I love it. Like just be yourself, mm -hmm. be that. But yeah, I mean, of course, we'd be talking from hyper privilege. But what I wanted to mention was, I wanted to acknowledge that as we start to touch on a topic like this, mm. um, wow, it's so easy to feel like silenced and. Mm. you know with my work that I do with women of reclaiming their feminine because I see what it does on a I don't really give a fuck whether whether a woman decides to like look feminine or not yeah. I care about like her psyche being balanced in the northern and southern hemisphere realities that yeah. she's able to connect with her intuition yeah. and that she's able to feel that there's an uninterrupted Uh, flow of love within her which I feel only happens through union consciousness that's what I give a fuck about the most I don't care how someone dresses or how they yeah. need to be represented yeah. um, and I, I love that you're so brave because the work that you're doing mm. in this current age and time is needed Mm. And that's why it's probably also very attracting to many, but also repelling, of course. Totally. Right? And the, the interesting thing with the women's work is there's always, 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 because I was non-binary mm. and because even though I don't talk about it and also it's even edgy, we asked, we, we before the podcast, me and Yasmin were like, do we want to talk about this? And I was like, I'm scared to talk about it because I don't want to be seen as political. I, like, I don't want to be attacked <laughs> by all the political villainers. Um... So I'll just like put like a kind of like bow on it as I end the conversation and dip out gracefully. Um, is the yeah? I mean, it is. It's yeah. It's a. Uh, it's an edgy. It's an edgy topic. An edgy topic, yeah. Especially in a city like Berlin, also where all this transformative work is happening and so many um, first moving ideas are popping up. Hopefully, it's that space. But maybe we can shift the topic towards your offering. She leads. Mm. Yes. I loved like in one of the last podcasts that I listened, uh, the 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 mm, mm, podcast representer he was asking you like yeah and like you and your program you're really touring around mm. like it was like yeah like was kind of a tour. It was like a tour that you're doing and it's really like a product. Yeah, 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 yeah. Standing yeah. out, like as from everything you're doing, like this product. Mm. Yes, in many yes. places. She leads. Yeah, it's a, a workshop. The first workshop I ever did. I think that was 
nine years ago, a friend of mine approached me and it was when I was a dominatrix and mm-hmm. I was doing Ashtanga yoga, but I was certainly not like a spiritual babe. And this is my most spiritual friend that I've ever had. And she was like, oh, a bunch, 150 of us are going to take some psilocybin um, together. Um, yeah, she was like, we're going to, we, you know, there's a retreat. It's a residency. It's 150 <clears throat> people, 150 spiritual people taking drugs together in a field. Do you want to come and do a workshop? And I was like, fuck no, that sounds terrible. <laughs> and then she was like, <laughs> And then um and then she was like, Oh, but I think it would be I was like, I'm not I'm not that like spiritual babe. Yeah. And then she was like, Oh, but just come and offer come and talk about power. Come and talk about power and sex and money. That's mm-hmm. my kind of like triangle that I work with with my shadow work with mm-hmm. She Leads. Mm-hmm. And then I came there and I taught this workshop, which is now She Leads. So it's the first workshop I ever did. <sighs> the first time I ever got in front of a group of people and presented a concept and did wow. embodiment exercises to go with I it. I love when we have these guides coming and they ask us to share something. Personal. I always feel this is an empowerment for me stepping into something new so I'm just gonna do it. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. I never would have done it in a million years. Yeah, exactly. This is how I entered Gong World. Someone called me and said, can you please play the gong tonight? And I was like, mm. I never did that, <laughs> but I think I'm gonna do it. Yes, so good, so good. And so yeah, she leads us she leads started as that and um (coughs) you know she leads is this all of the all of the kind of research that i've done through being a dominatrix but also through just having my own personal geekery around power i'm just super curious around power energetics and sex energetics they're the two things i'm super curious about um i love getting women together in a room and getting them to like own their shit like it's one thing to get women together in a room where they're like, se- where they celebrate each other and really uh, encourage each other and affirm each other. Yes, it's so important. And I, I think maybe it's my. You can tell me if it's my reflector quality mm-hmm. that I love getting women together in a room and getting them to admit things that they're like deeply ashamed of that in any other context they would never say out loud because they know they'd be judged. So like Thank you. getting women together and being like. I manipulate men with my sex. I manipulate. I Love it. I misuse my power as a woman yes. through seducing certain men that I know are going to give me this. Yeah. I misuse my power this way. Because empowerment, one path to empowerment is like encouragement and endorsement and um, uh, accommodating people's programs and ego structures. That's therapy and it's so important. Yeah. Uh, and another route is shadow work, which is empowerment is on the other side of like clarity and coherence so like own your shit that you're not proud of so that you can jump from that timeline to the timeline where you're no longer living with it but you can't jump from it. it you can't jump from it through avoiding it you, you have, have to, to do the fucking work you literally have to like put your shit on your bag and then try and like jump around yeah. it. so it's that it's really it's an accountability process I love that you're doing that. And a celebration afterwards. We do all of the celebration stuff after the accountability. Mm-hmm. Because the love that you feel, you know, it's one thing, you know, maybe, you know, both of us find each other in a lot of like spiritual circles where you have people coming up to you being like, I love you, sister. And I'm like, you just saged me at the door. You don't know who I am. No. You can't really. The I love you, sister, that comes from someone who just likes your post on Instagram but doesn't know who the hell you are. Like, I love you, sister, after I've, like, screamed in your face and told you all of my shit that I've done in my life. And there's a lot that of feels a little bit more real. Yeah. There's a lot of projection when you're on Instagram. That's a thing. Totally. people see. But uh, uh, coming to your program again, because I attended a couple of women's circle already, um, because I was curious what is happening. And actually, in one of my uh, plant medicine experiences, uh, I did a bufo ceremony, and it was, oh, my God, I had a huge exorcism. It was insane. And then at the end of it, Bufu says into my ear that I should facilitate women's circles, but from Muslim women. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I don't think that I can do that. This is like a huge responsibility. But yeah, okay. Then I started to go to some women's circle and I was largely mm. disappointed. Can I say that? Mm. Largely disappointed. 
Like I, because I didn't feel that we're doing anything. Like sitting mm. in a circle and drinking cacao is, is fucking boring to me. I want to do the work. And yes, I also love that you're saying, let's be accountable for the world that we are also creating because we are part participating in this whole system. And uh, uh, when, when women are blaming the patriarchy, then they should also look for, okay, what is my fucking role in that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm happy to celebrate. And I also love to be around the sisters and everything. But mm. yeah, let's do the fucking work. Yeah, you would love She Leads. You would love it. It's just, it's the women's circle that I have always dreamed of attending because for me, I'm also the same. Like, I have amazing women around me. I don't need to go to a circle where we also just have amazing women and we just connect and chat. I feel like yeah. if we're getting women from different backgrounds and also strangers, women who don't know each other, I want to really, there needs to be a bigger why for mm -hmm. me around it. And the bigger why for me is... Uh, the work that we can do with people we don't know is really deep because yeah. we we can we don't we can just literally be totally free of abandon like people that's totally what i love free. about being a stranger to somebody yeah because you can just share it and no one knows anything about i mean later they know a lot but yeah, you can yeah. go back into yeah it's great mm -hmm. so that's that's happening she when leads. is the next she leads It's the finale of the tour. Um, <laughs> no, it really has been a tour. You know, like my team, my team that I have, this incredible team. I have Sarah, Sarah Lynn and Anne and Cora. Like, that's my team that I've had for the whole of the tour. And uh, we always laugh that we're like some kind of like cosmic Spice Girls or something. It's What like, uh, I don't know, Spice Girls, but cosmic version. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anyway, um, Spice Girls? I don't know. Oh my gosh. But the Spice Girls, yeah, the music band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, 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 it's, it's, okay, so yeah. where, where is the finale? Yes, the finale <laughs> is, uh, is in Berlin, on the outskirts of Berlin, August the 26th and 27th. We really want to do, um, we want to continue the tour, but for now it feels like we've done so much that we're going to have a whole weekend together um, on August the 26th and 27th, and then, and then we're going to feel what wants to happen with the She Leads, because... I really feel, you know, it's the same, all of the she leads that we've done in Germany, it's the same women coming through. Oh, really? It's so interesting, like And at least 50%, back. yeah. Wow. And they bring friends and yeah, it's like it's building like this. And I really feel like, okay, so what next? After women have taken accountability for their stuff, yeah. have allowed themselves to be empowered, what's next? And I feel like that's a beautiful place to really start an alumni of like leaders mm -hmm. of like women that have done that work and then they can lead. Spread out. Because yeah. that's a trustworthy leader, right? Exactly. A woman that's taken accountability for herself. Totally. That's a healer. Love so, it. Yeah, let's see how where it goes. Love it. I, I also feel that my retreat series might come to an end actually. Hmm. Like sometimes we go like it because the product always grows with you. Hmm. and I had the sentence um, back in the days was what is holding you back from living the life you imagined for yourself hmm. and that was my mantra for the last six years because I was transitioning from one role into the other and then now I really let my old me behind so I cannot ask myself this question anymore because like every morning I wake up and I think like hmm. I mean I have my other struggles now but I really love what I'm doing hmm. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm creating this life more and more for myself. So I need to um, evolve my products also around that, and guiding mm. the people into new things. But it's such a beautiful work. Mm. Thank you for doing what you do. Yeah, thank you for doing what you're doing as well. Um, it feels like maybe we're at the end of our podcast episode. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you so much for being here. And of course, for the listeners, we're going to link everything about Melissa in the show notes. Mm, thank you so much for listening. If you were cooking dinner or if you were like riding your bike around Berlin or... Yeah, so thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Um, and we see each other in the next episode. This time I already know the topic. I um, invited my friend Alejandro and he is talking with me about the liver cleanse. 
finally. Many people ask for that. And I also want to share all my skincare uh, routines because as you know, I have cystic acne and it's like really getting better through the liver cleanse, which I can highly recommend. See you all soon.